everybody, my name is Matt Carter, and first of all, I want to welcome you to the Austin Stone Community Church. Glad you're here today. Um, today is a little bit different Sunday. It's a special Sunday in the life of our church as we're in the, the midst of our vision series here that we do every year in the fall semester. But today, instead of having a sermon, uh, one of our preachers come up and give a normal uh, sermon from our preaching team. We decided it'd be a good idea to basically take this Sunday and tell stories. Uh, one of the things that we've learned over the years is that there are people throughout our church, throughout the life and the body of our church that are living on mission um, every day in their neighborhoods and their schools and in their homes and in their workplaces for the glory of God. And, the, and that's amazing, but the downside of that is you never get to hear their stories. And so what we want to do today is we, we want to tell some of their stories. And so we're going to show some different videos that were put together by our amazing story team. And again, our hope is one, that you'd be encouraged by these, that you see that God is moving in our church through everyday people just like you. And two, uh, we pray that it would encourage you to live on mission in the, in the circles and the places that God has you in your everyday life and so that God can do something amazing in the midst of the body of Christ here at the Austin Stone Community Church. So I hope you enjoy. We are so excited to be with you guys here on what we're calling Story Sunday. We are humbled by this opportunity to share with you three films that we've been working on as a story team over the last year. As we all know, we're in the middle of our vision series titled This Matters. And we as a church have been learning just how much the gospel matters to us in our everyday lives. And that's the foundation of who we are and how we live life together in our missional communities and as a church. We learned a few weeks ago in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece, His poem that He created in Christ Jesus for good works. And these good works He established before the beginning of time so that we as believers in Christ may walk in these good works and live out and demonstrate the gospel in our daily lives. The stories you are about to experience and see are stories of normal, everyday people. They aren't super Christians. They are broken, busted sinners, just like you and I, in desperate need of a savior. And they have tasted and seen the goodness of Jesus, and his gospel has transformed them so much that they're living out the gospel daily. And these stories are showing just that. Our hope and our prayer is that these stories that we see today will challenge us, will encourage us, and they will compel us to be a people that will live out our faith daily and demonstrate the gospel and the love of Jesus to everyone that we come in contact with. The film that we're about to show is about Paul and Jeanette, a married couple who felt called by God to give away everything and sell everything that they had in order to take the gospel to the nations through our 100 People Network. Watch and experience the pain and the joy that they go through as they make sacrifices in order to be obedient to the calling that Jesus has for them.
we've lived all of our lives in a in a way that, quite frankly, we didn't really have to rely on God a lot. Um, and we didn't have a lot of things shaking us um, that were out of our control. I think, for me, it's kind of like, you know, do you trust me or don't you? Do you really trust me? Do you really um, believe who I am? those things and with the Lord it, it is but there's a lot of reality that comes with actually now walking that road to go and the Lord's been really faithful in continuing to grow us in faith and meet more head-on collisions as they come down the road so the process uh, of going um, has been about two and a half years now from the time we went to the first hundred people network meeting Introducing this effort uh, to now has been almost about two and a half years. Obviously the starting feeling was I have no idea what I'm doing and what this is about to uh, now where we feel like we are so ready to go. Um, God has put just about everything in place except for our visas and country. Mm -hmm. And so we're praying uh, that he would take care of that in his way and his time. You know, we've sold houses, we've sold cars, we've quit jobs. We are randomly employed, employed with temp jobs. Um, we are thankful that people have taken us into their home and let us live with them. But um, all the training and the prepping and the, and the praying and the support raising and all of that, uh, God has just immeasurably blessed to a point we are so anxious to get there. In essence, let's get this going already and, and live there and, and develop relationships. Um, the short-term trips were great, but we want to be there and we want to be there soon. And um, We tend to run ahead of God in, in those kind of situations, um, so we're trying to be patient. I think people think you're a spiritual superhero when you decide to go. And really, what you find out is that you are a spiritual zero. I mean, mm -hmm. you know very little of what you thought you knew and you know very little of yourself. And he has to strip away some of those things. And I'm thankful. But that was hard. The president has resigned amid unrest on the islands. Weeks of protests came to a head when mutinying police officers took over the state broadcaster. Anger flared over Nasheed's decision to arrest a senior judge, accused of links to his rival, the ex-leader. So basically what happened is the former um, regime and party organized themselves. Apparently there were police and military people who joined the protesters, the opposition forces. So we did get the advisory from the embassy in Sri Lanka that basically says don't come here. Yeah. Um, or if you are already here, just you know lay low and stay out of the streets. So I know of God's sovereignty and I know that this is all 
in his hand, but I'm really struggling with my own disappointment and kind of like, how does it look to go backward? hoping this morning's prayer meeting would encourage me, but it's, it kind of just made me realize that I'm walking pretty faithlessly right now. And all of those things in the last two years that I've looked at as God's little affirmations to us, like getting our support lined up and selling our houses and giving us the heart to get rid of everything and all those circumstantial affirmations now, I just realize are just, we're just like faithless little hooks I hung my hat on. And now this is where it really requires the faith and I'm crumbling in it. I'm mad. I don't want to be mad. I did not expect um, God to challenge my faith, my walk, my marriage, uh, my emotions like He has um, in the last two, two and a half years. And um, thank God He did. I mean, that's just His grace to not leave you where you are, not let you coast, um, and actually put challenges and struggles in your life for a reason. I'm very thankful that he's done what he's done the last couple of years. This is a messy process, and we're really messy people. And God just continues to show up and make it right. It could be another three years. Um, but we're finally in a place where we're comfortable and content because we know God's timing is perfect. Right, because I think it's an ultimate embracing of do you believe who Jesus says who he is? That's really what it's about. And that's not about a going thing. That's not about a where are you going thing. Do you trust him? Do you believe who he says he is? And do you believe that he loves you more than you could ever imagine? And that's really what that process is about. We relish now the understanding of being broken and admitting that and allowing him to be the one who puts us back together. Even if we never get on a plane and go, we have told people that it was the best thing that's ever happened in our lives. It's worth it. I wish I could explain how, but even if we don't go, to know Jesus this much more. What's interesting about that particular story is that we had set out to do a traditional goer story and after about a week of production 
The country that they were going to had a revolution, so it completely stalled their process of going. What was going to be a, a, a traditional film about going ended up being a film about trusting God and waiting. When it was all said and done, the film took about a year to complete. I was going into their lives every couple months to capture key moments. And one interesting and compelling thing that I noticed was how their community really rallied around them in their time of need. Paul and Jeanette had sold their home, uh, sold their cars, quit their jobs, and they didn't have anywhere to stay. And their community and closest friends opened up their homes to them for months on end. During that process, it really made me think of how we as a church can demonstrate the gospel to goers who are stepping out of faith and going to unreached people groups and their time of need. This next film that you're about to watch is about the Davis family. They welcomed a young girl named Rebecca from Rwanda into their home during the slow, difficult process of rehabilitation. This film chronicles Clay and Meredith as they struggle with the difficulties of obedience and the joys of self-sacrifice. Our goal is just to be available and to just kind of go with the flow. We really had to pretty much give up control and just not know what was coming next and for the doctors to just say, well, we'll just try a few more weeks. This entire journey with Rebecca has been about unknowns. So every step along the way, we've had to rely on God and to trust that He has a plan and that we have a part in it. I met Rebecca on a trip to Rwanda that I went on in December of 2011. And I, I really, I first noticed her smile uh, before I even noticed that, that her feet or her arms had any disabilities. And African New Life suggested that a family other than the sponsor family would be the host family. We talked about it and, and prayed about it and, and pretty, pretty readily said yes, we'd like to do it. <laughs> When she first got here, she had one foot where she was walking on the top, and the other foot she was walking on the top, and the foot was also backwards. So the, the procedure is a very slow procedure because they need to turn the foot around as much as they can to get it close to the right position so that when they go into the surgery, they can, can get in the right position without damaging the skin, without damaging the nerves and blood vessels. That bed was fun to like more yeah. go up, but surgery is not fun. No, no. surgery is not fun. We've had times when she's had a walker and her big struggle was just to walk across a room. 
And even when it hurt, she would like look at me and make funny faces sometimes. Uh, so she's responded to therapy really well and the therapists have been really sweet and also very um, firm about, you know, we're going to do this and now we're going to do this and she's risen to the occasion. I thought that I was a pretty patient person, but I discovered when Rebecca came and required pretty much constant attention that I was really selfish with my time. I was often surprised by who I found out I really was. And, you know, it wasn't always a pretty thing to find out that I was selfish or that I felt owed something. I really struggled with that and I prayed about it a lot, that God would just help me to be patient and to wait my time and to realize that God is faithful and if what he really gave me to do was Rebecca, then I need to be patient with that and do that. That's was my job right now. I think our entire family for these last nine or ten months have had to realize that we, we don't come first and that having Rebecca in her house has, has been a constant reminder of that. It takes a lot of care for her to exercise her toes and exercise her feet and do the walking that she needs to do. And we wanted her to know how important that was and that we were gonna drop whatever we needed to drop in order to get that done every single day. I think we would have been doing her a disservice if we were rushing around and trying to have her fit into our fast-paced lifestyle. Slowing down just allowed us to observe what was around us. So tonight's the night that Rebecca's going to take her longest walk yet. Um, and we're hoping to have a good cheering section out for her to cheer her on. Uh, and she's looking forward to it. She set her goal and she's excited about trying to get to it. This is about reaching that milestone and, and building confidence so that she can take that and be responsible for her own care. For, for me, I think one of the experiences that really stands out from having Rebecca here was uh, the community and the way that the people we didn't even know very well uh, wanted to serve us and wanted to serve Rebecca. And that was really beautiful to see that. bring all those circles together and have Rebecca be the reason has been really cool because now all those separate people have a common story and I love the people that we would have never gotten close to if it hadn't been for Rebecca. I think if we hit hard times again I think we will lean heavily into community knowing that they that they want to be there that there are people out there that really want to dive in and help if you'll just ask.
actually saying goodbye and, and thinking, wow, you know, we did all this and now it's over and she's leaving. I mean, we knew it was coming. We'd anticipated it for months and months and thought, oh, that's gonna be hard. And for it to actually be happening, I think just the weight of it all hit us. When I think about this last year and the hard parts and, and the good parts and the great parts, I, I just hope that we are available to do it again. Yeah, I hope that we don't put up barriers or find reasons to say no, but that we continue to seek what God wants us to do and that we are, uh, are bold enough to be obedient. This is definitely just this like touchstone in our lives that's going to always be something we look back on and can draw from for you know experiences and stories to tell and wisdom and all of those things. So the last night Rebecca was here, we made four stepping stones that one we're going to keep for ourselves and others give to people who helped walk with Rebecca as she went through her physical therapy. So that'll be a, a constant reminder of our time with Rebecca. It's going to weather and it's going to it's going to get dirty and and uh, time will pass and you know and I, I think that's okay. You know that that's that's kind of how uh, this experience was with Rebecca. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't pristine. Um, but it was, uh, it was a great experience for us, and we're going to look forward to seeing that in years to come. first approached Clay and Meredith about the possibility of sharing Rebecca's story, one of the first things they said to us was that they wanted to make sure that we didn't shy away from talking about their personal weaknesses as they've sometimes really struggled to care for this girl over the course of nine months. And I really appreciated their vulnerability. And this was an encouraging reminder to me that we don't have to have our lives tied up with a pretty bow in order to make ourselves available for God's purposes. I think that we should anticipate and prepare for ministry to be messy and for emotions to run dry. And when that happens, and when we're overwhelmed by discouragement, we can rest in the fact that God is faithful to accomplish His work through us. And how sweet it is to look back and see God's hand, in this case, not only through the physical transformation of Rebecca's feet, but also through the growth of her character and outlook through the investment of the Davises in her life. Next up, we have a film about Keith Carey, a man who's committed to demonstrating Christ in whatever environment he's in. As the head football coach at Reagan High, Keith embraces the idea of living on mission as something that encompasses every area of our life.
let's let's get ready to rock and roll. Saying I failed, so I quit football, not an option. You got me? Are you with me on that? So I don't want it to be in your head like, well, then I, it doesn't matter because I'll just quit football because I wasn't playing before and all that stuff. It's not an option for you because you're going to be a good player, okay? And you've got it in you, so that should not be in your head. So cut it out of your head, okay? You need to go to college and you need to own your own business or something. You need to be in charge of some people because you're a really smart guy. So a C shouldn't be something you're happy with. With me? You doing good? You sure? You would tell me if you weren't? All right. Your hair is enormous. It's the football season, you know. It, it always looms, and our family braces for it, and uh, we believe that, that the sacrifice is worth it. And this is exactly where we're supposed to be. When I got the job here at Reagan, I, I wanted to see what would happen if we gave our kids a lot. Good uniforms, good shoes, while at the same time demanding a lot of them and do both at the same time. It's been really neat to, to watch the, the transformation of the physical place and how that is really in line with uh, what we're seeing sort of stir up inside of our kids, which is belief that something great um, is, is happening and is going to continue to happen. So, yeah, it's been pretty cool. I'm existing here every day with this group of kids coming out of a dark place where we didn't win any football games, where we didn't believe that we could be good and coming into you know, something new that, that they probably didn't believe they could do before, not just in the context of football, but in the context of the life that these kids live. I can talk one-on-one -on -one with a kid that's going through some stuff that, that no kid should have to go through. And, and I feel like I have an answer to, to give that kid. I can say, you are here for a reason. God loves you. And I can tell him, see how that relates to what you love this game of football. You know, and I can tell him about my story. And I can tell him where I was and where I've come from. You know, I can, I can tell a kid that has no hope why he should have hope and not be lying to him. <laughs> And that, to me, is the most amazing thing. Guys, let's come out there tonight. Let's represent Reagan well, but more than anything, let's be loud and let's be proud to be a Raider, guys. Let's give a round of applause for both these groups out here doing a great job. Let's make it a fun night tonight. Lindsay works 
literally uh, 50 feet away from me. I can go and see my wife um, almost any time I need to during the day. And the, the coolest thing about it has been moments where I feel like I might not make it <laughs> through the day because this is too much. I can go walk up the stairs and into her room and she can tell me, hey, I'm feeling the same way, but remember why we're here, you know? last spring when we when we jogged all the way over here and stood on this field y'all yes, remember that yes, sir. everybody stood on that side and I said if you're gonna be with me if you're gonna be a Raider you walk over to this side and I said where's that school right there who is it over here on the east side that's gonna own this thing okay tonight tonight we are going to begin the process of taking this place back everybody understand yes sir Welcome football fans to Nelson Field, are you ready for some football? There's a couple of things I want you to understand. If you believe that God is not there, I want to tell you He is. Because in my life, I was doing drugs. I was screwing up. I was defying Him actively. I, told, I said, I don't believe in God. And I was in this place where I was going to screw everything up. I could have gone to jail at any moment. I could have gone to jail for a long time for what I was doing, guys. And in that moment, he was right next to me. He like, not only did he allow me to be safe through that, he came down and, and he pulled me up out of it, yeah? He doesn't just walk next to you, he does that. But if, but if, you're, if you're in a really bad place, he comes down and he, and he, and he pulls you up out of it. I did things that, uh, to this day, whisper in my ear. They will forever haunt me.
Listen to me now. It is three to nothing right now, Reagan and LBJ. What was the score last year? What was the score the year before that? 70 to zero? No, no more. You got your brother over there with them? No, he wants to be somewhere better? No, no sir. They got shirts over there that say Reagan who? Do they know yet? There's a lie in this city about who you are, and it's not true. And I told you the first day I met you, it's not true. It's never been true, ever, never. And you get a chance to go show them. They're doubting in there, but they still believe the lie. Until you go finish, you go make it happen. You got doubt in their brain right now. You go make it happen. Are you ready to do it? Yes, sir. I mean, for real, it's about to happen. So go make it happen. Let's go. up like we always do. The thing that I like the best right now is I don't see a team full of complacent young men. That, that feeling you got right now like man we were that close. That's the game of football right? Huh? Guys I'm so proud to be your coach every day and I, I've told you that every game that we've had right? What a great time to discover that we know we can do it. And the best thing is, is you acted right while you did it, okay? I'm proud to be your coach, man, every single day. Let's get a break and be proud. It is a struggle for me to remember that, um, that, that, that I am included in all of this. I have to remember that I am, uh, I am not separate from receiving all the, the good things that, that God's given us here, but um, that I'm a part of it. I love you guys so much. Keep surrounding yourself with people who are gonna speak truth to you because God is next to you right now. And if it's easy, man, praise God, right? And if it's not, I guarantee you he's there and he's gonna come and he's gonna get you. I've done things that are supposed to be the most exciting and fun things in the world. You're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna get involved with things you shouldn't. But I'm telling you that nothing, nothing, nothing compares to the plan that God has for you. One of the things that I love about what God's doing in Keith's life is that he's not compartmentalizing faith in his life. It's not like he has his separate faith life on Sunday services and then his 
and then his home life and then his work life as a football coach. But uh, his identity is in Christ and that covers all aspects of his life, not just Sunday mornings. It's encouraging to know that God can use anybody to accomplish his will, whether you're a doctor, a businessman, a lawyer, a janitor, a school teacher, an artist, or whatever it is. You can look around wherever you are and build relationships to share the love of Christ. These are just three stories of hundreds of stories that are happening within our church on a daily basis. And my question to us as a church is what story are we living? How are we living the gospel in our own lives, in our own missional communities that is taking the gospel and demonstrating the love of Jesus to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our classmates, and everyone that we come in contact with? What story are we living in order to make Jesus known and famous in our city.